This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was like a sound check. Okay. Amen. (laughs) So glad to be with you here yet again. Yesterday we talked about this time, don't bow, right? So today we want to talk about no God in the fire. So if you could just stand with me, I do want to just give thanks to Trinity Western and Reverend Ellis and for all those involved with inviting me and the hospitality that I've received thus far. Just reading a little bit of the scripture in Daniel chapter three. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes and trousers and turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing fire. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So we'll stop there and I will jump jump into other pieces of the scripture as we go along. You may be seated. Father, I do thank you for this opportunity to speak to your students, your servants. I pray that you'd anoint me and give me what to say in Jesus' name. So no God in the fire. Well, we all want to know God better, right? We all are trying to know God deeper. We pray. That's why we pray. That's why we worship. That's why we seek him, because we want to have a deeper relationship with God. But if you want to know God deeper, then you have to go deeper. You ever been in a relationship and you know the difference between a deep relationship or when you're just sort of dating? It's not really important. You're just kind of doing stuff together. But when you have a deep relationship, you talk about deep things. You argue about deep things, and you get frustrated with each other, and somehow you come back together and you love each other deeply because you're going through something together. And so when we go through things together, we know people better. The same with God. If you want to know God better, you have to go through something to get to know Him. It's when you go through trials and afflictions that you develop this intimate relationship with God. No one can take it from you when you've been in a dark place and God brought you out. You know him there, and no one can say that you don't know him. So in this text, we have three Hebrew boys who are about to suffer the consequences for standing and not bowing before the image. And the consequence is fire. Now, this sort of uh, punishment by fire is not unique. The Israelites have punishment by fire for prostitution, for adultery. The Babylonians have punishment by fire. The Egyptians have punishment by fire. So this is not a new thing. What is different here is that the fire that they'll be going through is going to be seven times hotter. They're going to be tied up with ropes by the strongest of men. They're going to be put in a helpless position. It's going to be a position where they need God's deliverance. And said they're about to suffer the consequences. 
And we know how the story goes on. We know that at the conclusion of the whole matter, they go in there, someone that looks like the son of God is there, and, you know, the Nebuchadnezzar says come out, and they get promoted, and we know there's a good end there. But when we look at the text deeply, when we read it carefully, what does it speak to us that can inform our life and inform us during our mission, what God is calling us to do? How can we look at this Old Testament text and say, how does that apply to my life? in 2020, January the 28th. Well, the first thing I think we can learn is that from the Hebrew boys is not to change our confession. The Hebrew boys say that we believe God, and if he doesn't deliver us, he's still able. Well, they're getting tied up and things are getting worse, and they don't protest. They don't take back their confession because of the imminent danger that they're in. And sometimes what we do is when things get tougher, when they get harder, sometimes we don't stand as strong as we used to stand. Sometimes we shrink back because the fire has gotten hotter. You've lost some friends and you've lost some, some scholarship or you got a bad grade or things are falling apart and all of a sudden you don't have the power or the authority or the confidence that you once had because the fire has been turned up. But even in the fire, you still have to trust God. You still have to confess that God who has brought me here to Trinity Western will see me through that he has not brought me this far to leave me. Your confession can't change because you have no friends. Your confession can't change because you're depressed or suffering from mental illness or struggling with suicide ideation. You have to still trust God. Everyone is watching when the fire goes up whether you will still trust God. People want to see, will Quiniquia still stand? When she got the diagnosis that she had multiple sclerosis and the doctor said, just gave me a paper and said, just go home, go talk to somebody. Over, I don't know, 14 years ago, where's my life going to go? Am I going to die? Am I going to be crippled? But here I am today because through the whole midst of the thing, I kept trusting God. I said, God, you brought me this far. So even though there's lesions on my brain and this hand doesn't work as well as I want it to work, I trust God. So when they say I have this, I say, you say I have this, but by his stripes, I am healed. You can't change your confession because the fire gets turned up. People are looking for a testimony that God is real. And you are the example that God is real. Your pastor can't do it for you. The bishop can't do it for you. You are the example that God is real. So don't change your confession. The affliction in your life will get hotter. But it doesn't mean that God has changed his promises. The affliction gets hotter because the enemy of your soul does not want you to know how close you are to a breakthrough. He wants you to give up Throw in the towel before you can see the promises of God revealed. I remember I had this student. He got so mad at me. He says, oh, Professor Day, you're making us memorize all this material. Oh, no one else makes us memorize all this material. Oh, oh. And so he decided he's going to take the class pass fail. I said, okay. But you know the exam that he was really thinking that God could? And I said, God can do it for you. You just apply yourself. Do you know when he went to take the exam, he had one of the highest grades in the class on the exam? And he said, oh, I wish I hadn't taken it past fail. I said, I told you God would do it for you. 
The enemy didn't want him to see that he could do it. And he doesn't want you to see that your confession will bring good results. Philippians 3.10 says that, Paul says, I want to know him, right? And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, right? Being made conformable unto his death. How deeply do you want to know God? Do you want to know him in the fire? Do you want to know him that way? Don't change your confession. Point number two, God reveals himself in the fire. When the Israelite boys, they don't, they, they, we know God is present, but they don't see the presence of God in, before they go into the exile. They don't see this image, the Son of God walking with them. They don't see it when they are in exile at the beginning. They don't see it when they make the confession that God is with them. They don't see this image, which is the Son of God, until they actually get in the fire. And so when you get in the fire, that is when you're going to see who God is. Some of us don't want to get in the fire. We want to stand outside and say, oh, that's a fire. Oh, yeah, that's a fire. Oh, that's a fire. That's an affliction. Oh, that's suffering. Oh, yeah. But if I promise if you get in the fire, if you go through whatever God says for you to go through, he will already be there. God has already been there, but he reveals himself to them only when they begin to take that journey and trust him. The Hebrew boys did not see God when they were first opposed, the king. And they're not going to see him until they say, we're going to go. We're gonna, we'll, if, if, it, if this is what it means, throw us in the fire, right? When you don't follow God to that extent, you limit your understanding of who God is. Reading a book about God ain't going to do it. It's just not going to work. You can read your Bible all you want, but if you don't believe the Bible, it will have no effect. It will have no effect. My father, who's deceased, was Muslim. My brother is Muslim. And they read the Bible. They read the Bible. They don't believe the Bible. It has no effect. So you have to believe the word of God. It is this journey and the fire that will qualify you for your mission. If you don't go in the fire and see who God is, you will be disqualified from whatever the mission is that God has for you. We all want to do a mission, but we don't want to stand in the fire, so we can't get qualified for the mission. Your qualification is not going to come from your teacher your pastor, bishop, leaders, whoever, God will qualify you because he sees behind what you see. You see yourself as just, oh, it's just little old me. What can God do with me? I'm not even the best singer. I'm not even the best dancer. I teach Hebrew. There are people who are much better at it than I am. But here God has me doing all these sort of things. Why? Because it's the fire, it's you being willing to join in with God that will qualify you. Will you get in and actually stay in where God has you, even though, as we said yesterday, you feel a little uncomfortable? Will you stay right there so that God can perfect your faith? We all want visions. We all want to see. But some things only are seen when you go in dark places. What do you mean by that, Professor Day? 
you're struggling with your health, you're struggling with mental health issues, depression, suicide ideation, all these things. Alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography. I work at a seminary. I know it's here. It's everywhere. If it's not here, y'all got the best seminary in the world. <laughs> well, we have it everywhere because people are human. But the only way you know God is if you go in the fire so that he can reveal himself to you. He can suffer with you and he can bring you out. He won't leave you alone. David endured the trials from Saul over and over. Saul was trying to kill David, but he trusted God, and God brought him out and made him king, right? So the Hebrew boys are going to fall in this fire, but then they're going to see this image of the son of a God who's either Jesus, God, or, or an angel, whoever. They, they are thrown in the fire, and the scripture says that someone like the son of God is present. Can you imagine that moment when they're in the fire? Just think about it. They throw you in the fire. You're supposed to die, and you're alive. I think I would have been skipping. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I'm alive, ooh, ooh. Just think about it for a minute. Everybody's watching for you to die, and you're alive. Everybody thought that you would throw in the towel, and you're alive. Everybody thought that you would never get to where you are, and here you are. Because you're trusting God, they get thrown in this fire. And the, the scripture says that Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to jump up. He's going to say, what is, it's, it's just so amazing. We see these people, they're, they're, isn't there one like the son of God? And they're walking. You know what's interesting about that text about walking? The scripture actually says that the verb that's actually used is halach, halach, which in, is the Aramaic in this form. And it has a causative, it's an athel. It's a causative translation. And if it was in Hebrew, it would be hifel, uh, which is a causative translation. So what does that mean? It means that someone else or something is causing them to have the ability to walk. It's not them walking on their own. Just like when God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you fruitful. The word used here is parah. Right? And so, para, and with that word, is it's in the hifel, it means that God is going to cause the fruitfulness of Abraham. Not him, but, but, but God. So they're walking, but the walk that they're walking is caused by God. And so why is that applied to you? Because you're going to be able to stand in the fire because God is going to give you the ability to stand. You're going to know God and you're going to know him deeply. Some of you are trying to get through your battles all by yourself. Because you've been brainwashed in this culture that tells you to be independent. You can make it on your own. Matter of fact, that strength when you can do it on your own, that is a lie. No one gets to where they get without someone to help along the way. And you can't do missions. You can't do what God has called you to do without him empowering you to do it. The translation of the verb says that they're not walking on their own. They're walking because God has enabled them, because God is calling it. So when you walk with God, he will give you that ability to do what you are not able to do. Stop saying, I can't do it. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Matter of fact, in my Hebrew class, when you come to my class, I used to put it on the syllabus. I don't put it there anymore. I just say it because people come in and they're like, oh, I can't learn Hebrew. I can't learn Hebrew. I said, look, 
You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Even learn Hebrew. So keep trusting God. Keep depending on him. Because he will cause you to be free. You thought maybe you'd never get over a broken heart. He will cause it to be healed. You thought you probably never could forgive. He will cause it to you to forgive. You have to rely on God to cause these things to be. God wants to reveal himself in the affliction. Finally, the third issue is that, or the third thing we can learn, is that God will grant you favor with your enemy and elevate your ministry. King Nebuchadnezzar is so shocked. The men are walking around, and everybody sees this, and he says, you know, and they don't walk out. He has, they call him out. They said, you know, Nebuchadnezzar said, you guys come out. And this is what Nebuchadnezzar says in Daniel chapter 3, verses 28 through 30. Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's order or command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other god can save this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. God will give you favor with the one who opposed you. If you notice at the beginning of the story, they're trying to build an, they build an image and they have to bow down to that image. And then Nebuchadnezzar comes and says, no, no, no. We're going to, we praise this God. Praise God. This is the great God. Proverbs 16, 7 says, when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. When you please God, he will turn things around for you and elevate you. You're trying to please people so that they can be pleased with you so that you can get to where you want to go. I would encourage you to please God so God can fight your battle and elevate you in spite of their opinions. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with them. If we deny him, he will also deny us. You won't suffer and not be rewarded. God is not going to leave your faithfulness unrewarded. He's not that type of God. He will give you favor before your enemy and elevate you. Notice the attitude of the three Hebrew boys. They're better than me. They come out when the king says, and they don't even say like, oh, we told you so. <laughs> See, my God is awesome. Yeah, you, you suck. Excuse me. And it, you know, they, wasn't, they, just, they didn't do all that. And you know what's good about that is because God gets all the glory. Sometimes when God brings us out, we want to talk about all we are. And you know you didn't do it. You know you didn't have confidence. You know you weren't that strong. You know you didn't do the testimony the way you're saying it. You know you were weak. You know you were barely holding on. And you know it was God who rescued you. Tell the truth. So that someone else can benefit. So they do not take God's glory. They don't boast. And the Nebuchadnezzar elevates them. When you meet God in the fire, you will have a testimony that God is greater than you and that God is greater than the enemy of your soul. Your faith in God teaches you who God is. You need a greater testimony. You don't need mom's and dad's testimony. You need your own. You don't need Professor Day's testimony. You need your own testimony. You need to see God move for you in your fire. I'll close with this. 
years ago, maybe about eight or nine years ago, one of my friends was preaching. And she's preaching good, and she's praying for people. And she came to pray for me. I'm like, oh, my friend come to pray for me. I'm like, you know, like Santa Claus. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so she, she prayed. She says, you know, you're going through a lot, but it's going to get seven times hotter. And then, you know, God's going to bring you out. And I was like, what? And so <laughs> I talked to her later. I said, yo, you know, friend, you praying for me. You said my situation is not just going to get worse. It's going to get seven times hotter. But it's going to get better. She said, I'm just telling you how I felt the spirit lead me. And do you not know it got worse? It got worse. It got so much worse. Worse, it was it was something so bad, I never would have imagined in my Christian walk I would ever have gone through what I went through. I was shocked by what I suffered. But through the suffering, I never forgot God. I never stopped praying. I never stopped turning to him. And then life got better. And then life got better. And then one day I sat back and I said, Oh, life is great. And I remembered what she said. And I said, God, you have been faithful because it got hotter, but you saw me through the storm. When you go through a fire, you want to know God. He's faithful. He wants to reveal himself to you in the fire. Of whatever that fire is, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, he wants to reveal himself to you. Because when it's all said and done, he's going to give you favor, he's going to elevate you, and you will do the mission that he set you to do successfully, not because of your own strength, but because the anointing that comes from being known by God in the fire. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.